Hello everyone, it's the conversation gurus, but we're missing someone. Wait. Hello. Hey, hey everyone, it's me, Aurus and Aliza. We're very excited for another episode here of Conversation Guru on this YouTube channel. We're very excited. Please guys, if you haven't, please subscribe to our channel, comment, leave us your questions, subscribe and watch our other stuff. Also guys, we have an awesome, awesome podcast that you should all check out. It's really great. Check it out. It's Converse with anyone, anywhere. You can find us on any major uh, podcast platform. So just look us up. iTunes and Spotify. Just put a Converse with anyone, anywhere, just like she said. So the first thing we want to speak about today is, mention the topic. Guys, this is a tough one. It really, it truly is. It actually is. How to handle conflict with your family. All right. I'm going to start with this one because I've had many conflicts with my family and many different areas, but we're still family, so we still all love each other. So here's the thing. It's so interesting that you would think, you know, it's family. We, we got to be closer. We have to love each other more, be there for each other. And that is all true. But there's so many times, so many times where, yes, you're family, but, but when you're actually family, that's when people actually get on each other's nerves even more. That's when they bother each other more, annoy each other more. They want to strangle, everyone wants to strangle each other. They can't take them, they can't take themselves and they want to leave the room. Do you actually want to know why that is? Tell me It's very why interesting. Go ahead. Because when you have fam your family with someone, you have a lot higher expectations of your family than anyone else in your life, right? Like, you expect them to understand you more, you expect them to know you more, you expect them to behave better with you than other people in your life. So like, let's say someone who's like an acquaintance or a friend says something that's a little bit like, eh? You're like, okay, whatever, they probably just didn't know. It's easier to give them the benefit of the doubt. But your family, because they know so much, is kind of like, it's hard to come up with an excuse to rationalize why they did it. And also because we're expecting so much of them, it's hard for them to live up to those expectations because they're still people. Makes sense because like, if you think about it, you're like, you're my mother or you're, you're my brother or my cousin. You I'm know me. No, you're not my mother, my father. I was like, but, what? <laughs> but, you, but, but now you're thinking, you're this person, we're family related, you should know me better than anyone else, mm -hmm. so why are you behaving uh, this certain way? Why are, you, why, why are you being so mean or annoying? So right. makes a lot of sense. Like, think about it like, okay, having someone who's a friend that mm -hmm. becomes someone that you're dating, right? All of a sudden, your expectations of them completely change because you're a lot more invested in this person and you expect them to be more invested in you and therefore behave better with you. Sometimes people aren't, though. Yeah, yeah. That's a very succinct way of summing everything up of why there's so much conflict in families. But now we're going to help you guys and give you techniques and different ways on how to deal with all this conflict because trust me the worst thing that you can do is go back to back with them screaming slapping yelling doesn't do anything does not do everything it actually makes things worse people get grudges resentment they don't want to speak to you and they try to you know and, and they go away and then that's how a lot of times how families separate and they don't talk to each other for years until later on so i'm going to go with two different techniques there's a lot of different ways on how to do this but there's two techniques that i've seen that truly do work they're super simple but many people are not doing them. For example, the first one, and then Elise also has a couple that she wants to mention. The first one, the first one is this. If you're arguing with a certain family member, right? Your mother, your brother, your cousin, whoever it is, you want to look at the track record of that family member. What I mean is you want to see, has this family member, have they fought with other family members, with my cousin, with my mother, who have they fought with and why and how did it, what was the result? Did they fix it up? Did they, did they not speak for three years? What happened? 
So I try to do all this information because now this tells me a couple things. For example, it, what if this certain family member has fought with so many other family members? Then maybe there's something wrong with that person. Maybe they get offended too easily, right? Now that you have to narrow it down because it's, but now it's giving you, it's, it's, putting you, it's pushing you in the right direction. Okay, if they fought with so many of my family members, either my entire family is horrible, which who knows, or that person is overly sensitive they get resentment, they, they get grudges, they, they build them very easily, there's something wrong with them, maybe psychologically or emotionally, who knows, right? But, or what if when you found out, you found out that this, this family member barely argues with anyone, maybe once. Now you know that mm, probably the more on the more like low-key side, they're, they're more friendlier, they're happier, they try to avoid issues, but when something really, really bothers them, that's when they'll fight. So you have to see what's their track record and then ask the person they fought with what happened specifically. Of course, you gotta see both sides, but then you wanna see, most importantly, how that family member tried to fix it or how did it start. Once you hear the story of, of how it started or how they tried to fix it, now you try to do the opposite. Use the opposite framework approach. I've spoken about that before in other videos where you basically just do the opposite of what this family member did. Because clearly what they did, most likely, didn't work. It's just that simple. So you have this mentality, you ask, you ask this, a key essential questions, and you'll know how, is, what is the wrong way to approach this person. Because there's, there's been history of people approaching that family member a certain way, and it just doesn't work. So what do you think about that, Aliza? I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, learn from your history, don't just let you don't become another example of history. Learn from it and improve it. I think that makes 100% sense. Before I go on to the second point, uh, I want Lisa to mention, because the one she's gonna mention that meshes really well with this one. So I actually wanna give a little bit of background first okay, on what you're really dealing with over here. Okay, so family, it's a tough topic, right? Because there's so much background, there's so much history, there's no way that you don't have history with your family, right? Mm -hmm. So. The first thing you need to evaluate when you're in any type of conflict with your family, and you correct me if you think that I'm wrong, okay. um, does this person love you? That's the first thing you gotta evaluate because it's not a given. It's not a given that the people in your family love you. It's hoped for that they love you, but it's not a given. The second thing you need to evaluate is, are they trying to hurt you? That's really important, right? Because whenever you're in a fight with someone and you, don't understand how they could do something, right? And then you're like, they must want to hurt me. All you want to do is hurt them back, right? But if you get in a fight with someone and you know that this person loves you tremendously and they don't want to hurt you, but something like this happened, you're gonna push yourself to think of, okay, something must have been miscommunicated. Something must have just like not gone through properly. Something must have just rubbed us the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And then you're gonna go and you're more inclined to have a conversation and not an argument. So you have to check, is this someone who wants, who doesn't want to hurt me, okay? If they are someone that wants to hurt you, you have to do a lot more work and that's a different video that we're gonna to have to talk about because that one's a lot more in depth of what you have to do if you want to invest in continuing that relationship because I don't know if it's the best idea to continue a relationship with someone who wants to hurt you. If they don't want to hurt you, then every time you have a fight with them, try not to react right away. Try not to react when they say something that really hurts you. The first stage, because I have a couple stages of how you should go about this, is internalize, right? And think on your own self, like, 
what could they possibly really be trying to say here? And try to get your own defense mechanisms down. Try to pull them down. Try to pull them as far down as you can. Now, I know, like, for me, a lot of times it was, like, image stuff um, with other women in my family, right? Because we didn't have the same taste. Um, we thought different things were pretty, different things weren't. So when someone would say something, then I would think, like, oh, they don't think I'm pretty. Or they think that I'm ugly or something like that. And I would get really offended. Um, but I had to go back and realize it's a matter of taste. Um, it's a matter of they're scared that I'll get made fun of, things like that. So you have to go back and realize that this person's really trying to protect you by saying these things. But you have to evaluate first if they're there. So the first stage I'm gonna say is take a step back, try to pull down your defense mechanisms, and think of some solutions of what they could possibly mean. The next thing is the actual stage where you go talk to them, right? So this stage, it's really important. I would script it out, like write it down before you go and say them. Don't bring the paper with you if you don't want to, you can if you feel like you need it, but I wouldn't recommend it because then it's kind of like what you scripted, what you were gonna tell me, like that's weird. <laughs> um, but you wanna say it kind of like, okay, listen, I wanna talk to you about something. Um, the other day you said something and I know you didn't mean it this way, I know that, because I know you love me and that you're, you always wanna do the best for me, um, but it's, I'm having a hard time taking it that way, like I'm taking it a wrong way. Could you help me clear it up? Mm -hmm. And then you go through what happened, right? When you come in with that approach, you're not coming in looking for a conflict. You're coming in looking to understand the other person. And when you come in looking to understand someone, people are touched because people have like a, a, like a deep need to be understood by others. So when you go and you're like, listen, I don't know what happened. I feel really hurt by this. Like I reacted this way and I don't wanna react that way because that's not what you meant, I'm sure. And if they did mean that, then you have a different situation. <laughs> yeah, run away. Um, Very fast. But in that case, it gives them the opportunity to be like, what? No, I didn't mean that. And then they can actually explain. And then you can get to know your family better. Because most of the time, we don't actually know our family as well as we think we do. Makes do sense. That is so true. Because a lot of times, especially like in bigger cities or bigger places, mm -hmm. you probably don't live near maybe your cousins or your uncles your aunts maybe you do but even if you even if you do a lot of times you just don't know who they are because you're not spending that much time with them they have their own lives you have your own lives uh a lot of times for the further the family is the, the less you actually know them a lot of times when you even live with your own parents you truly never really get to know them or your own yeah. siblings i agree 100 percent. you want to know why because we have memories in our head of people in the past right mm. but like for me, example, like I'm not the same person as I was five years ago, two years ago, one year ago. And a lot of times with family, we forget to continue getting to know them. We just kind of define them and like say like, oh, when you were little, you used to have temper tantrums like this. And we still attach that to the person that they are as an adult. And that doesn't make sense in a relationship. You have to continue working to get to know your family. Even if you're living with them, you have to continue working to get to know them. Wow. I'm telling it truly happens, right? She was, you were one of six. I was one of six kids. And you... I am one of six kids. No, so you are one of six kids. And mm -hmm. you saw this a lot, right? Yeah. I constantly have to, like, whenever I go visit, I sit down with um, whoever's there and have conversations with them. Just get to know them. Talk to them. Um, don't just reminisce. Like, you can reminisce as well, but also ask them about their life, what they're passionate about. All those things that you would do with a regular relationship, do now as well. It's really important. Makes sense. Makes sense. That's really, that was a really good point. Thank you. Now the other point. That's so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the other point, um, second point, and the last point I want to mention for this video, and I know you also have another thing you probably want to add, is this. 
I always try to see as much as I can. I try to do quick evaluations or quick assessments, and I try to see where their personality falls. Are they more of a logical person, more social, more emotional? I need to see where they fall in those brackets because now when I know it, I mean, everyone has percentages of all of this. Everyone, at some, everyone is emotional. Everyone is social. Everyone is logical. It just depends, right? We all, even though we all have it, we have different percentages. Like maybe she's more of a social person than I am, or I'm more emotional than she is, whatever the case is. So you try to see where that family member falls in, which bracket, and when you speak to them, speak to them, if they're more emotional, speak to them in emotional language. If they're more social, speak to them using words that are probably more extroverted social words, or if they're logical, right? You want it, like Elisa, you want to script it, I mean, I don't think script every single word. No, like no. the bullet points, maybe. The bullet points. It's called extemporaneous speaking, guys, but we'll do that in a different video. Yes, good point. And when you get these bullet points, right, once you, once you have an idea what kind of personality they fall under, substitute certain words and put words that fall under those categories and make sure you mention them, right? Because a lot of times, in order to hit people, in order to make impact, yes, the biggest one is body language, but then is also tonality and what you say, what you actually say. So if you can mix positive body language with the right tonality, where you're not like yelling at them or you're not like really cursing them out or not a harsh tone, with the right verbal uh, judo, as they say, the right verbal uh, um, uh, content, you're gonna make an impact on them. And then, like Aliza mentioned, you're gonna get them at a level where they're like, no, 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 I didn't mean to say that or I didn't mean to do that, this is what I meant. Now, if it's true or not, we don't know. That's a different video where, where you can discern if it is or not, but that's a different video. But again, you want to do that. Whatever personality they have, and then find those words that fall, that fall under, under that bracket and actually say it to them. And not once or twice, say it a couple times. Say it a couple times. So make sure you grab like a bunch of emo emotional words, like feeling and heart and achy, like, like words like that. Right, and you can you can even incorporate a little bit of your body language, where you point to your heart, you point, you touch your chest, because you know you're trying to portray your message. And if you don't know certain words when it comes for social or emotional, go on Google and write emotional words or uh, words uh, that are synonymous to logical, like, like stuff like that. And then or what? like or what? Uh, keywords. 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 Uh, that's that, that, that's better. So find these words, jot them down, and then just practice and use them. All right, guys? It's just, it sounds difficult, because when in the actual moment, it is difficult to face conflict, especially with family. But once you go with this approach, it gets easier and easier, because then, as Lisa mentioned, it's not like you're blaming them, you're just telling them how you feel. Mm -hmm. You're putting and, it on you, not on them. And there's nothing never wrong. Blaming. And there's nothing wrong with telling them how you feel. There's nothing wrong with that. They're your family members. They should listen and then they have to explain themselves to you. Mm -hmm. Perfect solution. Any last words, Eliza? Yes, I have quite a few, actually. Go, say okay. them. Okay, first say of them. all. Tell them. Um, whenever you're going in to resolve a conflict, you have to remember that it's a two-way street, and that's a twofold, twofold, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Phrase. Okay. Or meaning. First of all, it means that if you're gonna go and bring up issues to them, they're going to bring up issues to you. You have to be prepared for that. And if you're expecting them to be open-minded, you also better be open-minded because it's, you can't expect some, you can't expect better behavior of someone else than you would give them. It's just not fair. 
and it's not a fair relationship then. And if you're in a family, just because you're in a family doesn't mean that you get to be unfair to them. It means you have to be even more careful with them because they're more precious to you. Um, the second thing that you have to keep in mind that it's a two-way street, it's that you both have to be on board with changing behavior or improving yourself or improving your relationship in order for it to work. Mm. Um, I actually learned this a lot from my mom. She is one of the most hardworking people on changing herself that I, I know at all. Um, and the reason that, because we used to have a lot of conflict in the past, and the reason that we were able to overcome and have a really great relationship now is because we both put in a lot of work to overcome whatever it was and to think of the other person first. So when you go into these conversations, keep in mind, you're probably also gonna have to do some work. No one's perfect. So you're also gonna have to do some work. Um, the second thing I wanted to mention is that you, I, I was thinking. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you have to keep in mind that you still do have an ego. So you have to work really hard when you're having these conversations to keep those emotions down low. Keep them down low while you're having these conversations. Now, that's not saying that you can't have feelings. Of course, you can have feelings, but you don't want your feelings to control the narrative that you have. You want to be able to say what your points are and what they actually are, not like, well, I always am so frustrated. Don't use big words like that, generalizations. Be specific. Try to say, like, listen, when you say this word, this is how I feel. Mm. Don't say, when you're always so negative, this is how I feel. I'm like, well, I'm not always so negative. And then they can bring up examples where they weren't negative. And no one's always negative. So you're not going to have your point anymore. So don't bring up generalizations. Bring up specific examples. It's all, There's a phrase that I like to use. It's always darkest before dawn. Meaning that when you're trying to resolve relationships and conflicts, don't expect it to be fixed in two seconds when you start working on it, it gets a little bit harder in that period and then it starts to get better. It's a habit that you have to start working on. Like for example, let's say you start exercising. In the beginning, it really hurts. It's really hard. It is. But if you stick at it, it gets easier and easier and your life gets better and better. Same thing over here. When you first have these conversations, it's hard. And sometimes, I'm telling you, my family left at me so many different times. They left at me so many different times. But now I have great relationships with my family great relationships like I love going to visit my family um and you have to just remember that it's going to take some time you're going to have to work at it and it's like a new muscle you got to exercise it all right then I think uh this is a good ending guys we really appreciate you guys listening please guys comment like and subscribe, subscribe. please and listen to our podcast it's really good guys yes it is it, it that, that's we put a lot of effort in all our content thank you so much guys and of course, till next time. Oh, one more thing, guys. Go. If you have any questions, send them our way. And also, guys, we're very good at responding to messages. If you have a particular problem, send us a message. We'll send you some voice notes back.